I think there's better players out there. I guess he he's kind of kind of one in a, uh one of uh one of a million. What's the phrase I'm looking for? He's one just kind of no, he's, he's not one in a million to me. Yeah, he's not one in a million. He's uh <laughs> oh well. Hi, y'all. You're listening to the Fantasy Football JK podcast. Uh, we're two North Texas football fans. Love to chat with fantasy football with anyone uh, and everyone uh, talking about players to draft, who to play, who looks good to pick up, and all the analysis you'd expect from a couple of fans who are literally on the couch or sitting in a chair most of the time. I am your co-host, uh, JJ. And I am the other co-host, Casey Kasem. And uh, we've got ourselves a uh, pretty awesome guest tonight our first guest ever so uh we can give a round of applause for our man our main man here number one sorry russ um <laughs> bobby Koch. everybody woo! everybody get crazy with it go ahead bobby my my bud go ahead and introduce yourself because you could probably do a better job than i can well first of all i am a little annoyed only because i was also going to taunt russ so if i'm house <laughs> russ fisher if you're so listening to this, I'm first, you're not, deal with it. But really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm always happy to talk football with anybody. For those who don't know me, I am Bobby Koch at Rec Fantasy on Twitter. That's R-E-K-E-B Fantasy. I'm a writer for Dynasty League Football. I host a podcast, a very weird podcast about both animals and quarterbacks primarily. So it's very niche, but some of you seem to enjoy it. And just happy to be here. And thanks again for having me be your first guest, guys. It's an honor. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, and I was thinking about that earlier. You are first guest, uh, first guest of a few that we have lined up. So very excited about that. But definitely excited to have you on first as well. So today we're going to go ahead and go over uh, some sleeper picks for fantasy, focusing somewhat on redraft, although I'm sure we'll touch on Dynasty uh, a little bit as we chat. First of all, I wanted to tell you where you can find mm-hmm. us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, or on Podbean, uh, Fantasy Football JK. And you can also find us on Twitter. Our handle there is FFantasyJK. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and talk about our sleeper picks for, for this year, for 2020. Uh, we went ahead and I think we went ahead and got together three different players that we wanted to chat about. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with Casey and then uh, Bobby will go ahead and just kind of talk about one player and, and move on to the next and, and go from there. So so Casey, who's, who's going to be your sleeper pick number one for 2020? There's a lot. But I'm not going to go and, and bore you with same names over and over like normal. Um, so, but I will give you a same name that I always throw out there. So, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably have heard me over the last few years touting Jameson Crowder, um, the wide receiver for the Jets. Um, that's mm-hmm. he's been the sleeper guy, I guess, if you want to call it. I like to call him um, late round like gems, you know. Um, these are the guys when you pick them up, they may not give you points that you're expecting every week. They may not give you crazy amounts of points every week, but Jameson Crowder really has a good situation there. He's a slot receiver who gets tons of targets. Even when Sam, well, when Sam Darnold went down, he did not get as many targets, but Sam Darnold being completely healthy, no mono in his system, he's going to see more targets, especially because, you know, Adam Gase loves the slot receiver and um, Jameson Crowder a PPR gold mine right there. If, if you're in a half PPR or full PPR leagues, he's worth drafting because you're going to get him in a late, late area in the, um, just looking at redraft, not looking at dynasty, although I really like to buy him low in dynasty <laughs> in redraft. Um, you can get him in around, in, you know, around the 13th round, which is amazing for a guy mm-hmm. who could be wide receiver one there. And, and, and the fact that, you know, so they did draft a receiver, so they have Den- Denzel Mims there. But I think that, that that only helps him. He he needs that you know that that guy that can take all the looks off of him. He needs a guy that we've seen what he could do in college. So when he comes in to the NFL, you know he's going to be a great compliment. They they moved on from Robbie Anderson, so that was some people's sleeper last year, the year before. Rashad Perryman can't stay with the team, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call him a sleeper, you do. You go ahead and do that, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Jameson Crowder's my dude. He, because of the targets there and because I, I am a big Sam Darnold fan, so I think that 
him being healthy is really going to be great for the value there. Casey puts her money where her mouth is because she did send <laughs> me, uh, we're in a league together and she sent me a second for Crowder. And I was happy to make the trade because I had some wide receiver death. I do like Crowder too. I did hesitate a little bit. Decent deal. So she definitely puts mm-hmm. her money where her mouth is. She believes like in Crowder. Her, I'm not like sure that uh, many people would send a second for Crowder. So no. I'm not trying to throw shade at Casey, but mm-hmm. she goes after her guys. No, I definitely <laughs> I definitely do. And um, I try to look <laughs> when I'm making trades to see, like, I'm not going to regret this in the future. And, you know. 50% of the time you do, but what are you going to do about it? You just got to live with what you do. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is this year. All right. Sounds good. Jameson Crowder getting the getting the receptions from Sam Darnold. Uh, what, what do you think, Bobby? Yeah. Uh, as I said, you know, Crowder is going to get targets. My concern, I guess, is Adam Gase. His offense is for... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lack of a better word, I'm not going to swear on your podcast because I don't know how you guys. Feel I mean, you can't. I try not to. <laughs> no, but uh, we're two deaf people. <laughs> his his all offense, I the PG version, is his offense is absolute dog doo doo. Uh, if mm. you look at it compared to all other NFL offenses, they run like the least amount of plays because they're just basically three and out almost every time they're on the field. Um, I do believe in Darnold. At least I believed in the offense coming out or his ability coming out of college. But Adam Gase, if you just look at all the players that have succeeded after Gase has left them as their coach, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. (laughs) Don't mind Crowder for this year because he's going to get volume. But I don't know that he's going to provide you anything besides getting some volume. Maybe, you know like five or six catches per 50 yards a game, which is fine. That's a decent four. It's just not mm-hmm. something that I'm going out and advocating heavily on buying. Yeah, you definitely understand that. Uh, yeah, for, for Jamison Crowder, kind of the same thing. I, I, I like him in the slot. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big slot receiver person. Um, I, I love the, uh, the yards after catch, the yak, uh, all, all of those things. I think that he will definitely like you said, give you that five, six, seven points uh, a game. Um, it'll be someone that you're not really going to regret playing. But I think there's better players out there. I guess he he's kind of kind of one in a, uh, one of uh, one of a million. What's the phrase I'm looking for? He's one just kind of no, he's, he's not one in a million to me. Yeah, he's not one in a million. He's uh, <laughs> anyways. He's just he's he, he's very average, I guess. Um, from from what from what I see and from what I whenever I've had him uh, uh or been played against him in fantasy and all of that. So I think it's a good pick. I don't think it's someone that's gonna that we're gonna be talking about at the end of the year or next year. It's oh, like wait. oh man, that's someone I really happy that I grabbed. Ah, <laughs> uh, you wait. I don't know, Casey. I think I think Denzel Mims. If anyone emerges from that. No, it's going to be Mims. Yeah, hey, okay. I, I I'll, gotta, I'll be on the I, opposite side of the coin. I'll got, be the the buck the buck the trend of everybody down in. Nope, I gotta I gotta go with the Baylor boy. I, I'm a I, I went to Baylor, Sikkim Bears, all that sort of stuff. So I'll, I'll I'll go with Mims for that one. All right, Bobby, who you got for your first pick? Yeah, I guess uh, I mean this is a guy I've been hyping for a while, but then knowing that I was going to be on the show with a Cowboys fan, of course, I had to pick a Giants player for this. Of course. And it's Darius Slayton. Um, in both redraft and dynasty, Slayton is not getting the attention yes. he deserves. And that's just coming from someone who obviously has watched every Giants game and the chemistry that Daniel Jones has with Slayton. If you were paying attention before the draft, everyone was saying, oh, the Giants are going to bring in wide receiver help because they need it. And I was saying that'd be incredibly dumb because they actually have a pretty good wide receiver mm-hmm. room as long as Sterling Shepard can stay healthy. And yeah. they didn't really bring in any competition for Slayton. And yeah, Shepard could be a guy that takes some attention away if he can stay healthy. Tate could too, but there's something real to the fact that Daniel Jones and Slayton practiced together from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Jones and Slayton were on the field, um, and this is last year in 2020 he slayed in from jones first start till the end of the season was wr 29 in points per game mm-hmm. so he wasn't quite that wide receiver two status yet but he was providing you at least flex value at a minimum and if you were in any kind of return yard league which is weird that i'm mentioning this but it's because i was looking at trade <laughs> he was actually higher than yeah. that so and you know there is the idea not all players get better in their second years, but Slayton was actually comparable to 
guys like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown who are getting a lot more hype. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that if you can get later in a draft and generally much later than those guys, I'm really happy taking him there. And I do think that both he and Daniel Jones will take a step forward this year, especially because the Giants did address the O-line and also the fact that almost none of the offensive weapons for the Giants, as you know, JJ, were healthy at the same time last year. I think that will actually yep. help open things up for Slade and even more. Oh, yeah, I agree. What do you think? What do you think of that pick, Casey? What do you think of the Giant? Player? I like it. Um, I was just touting oh, <laughs> my boy. <laughs> okay, so I am a big Sterling Shepard fan, but I can see Slayton being that guy worth draft. If you miss out on, like, let's, if you miss out on your sleeper guy, that's a guy right there that <laughs> I would be more than happy to have on my fantasy roster. I'm not, I think a lot of the Giants players are underrated for fantasy purposes. Um, I'm not going to say for NFL purposes because I'm a Cowboys fan. But for fantasy purposes, where we all have an open mind, I'm going to say I like him. Sterling Shepard has to be healthy, yes. So that's a big thing there is wide receivers. You've got injured wide receivers. You've got Evan Ingram, who also can't stay healthy, who I'm big on this season. But, you know, um, there are pieces there that are fantasy worthy. I think they're... the. Uh, they're being underestimated. I think a majority of the players there that are fantasy relevant are being underdrafted. I think that Daniel Jones is he all he can do is make those guys better. So as a Cowboys fan, I take my hat off and I put my fantasy hat on and I say that Darius Slayton is a is a nice um, pick up where you're getting him right now. Um, I mean, that's going to continue mm-hmm. to rise. I'm sure as more and talk about how he's a he's a good good pick, but he's also one of those guys that. If you're in a league that doesn't study this stuff hardcore, if you're just in a normal hanging out with your homies kind of league, the name doesn't really register as well if you're not a Giants fan. So there's a way to get, you know, some value there as well. So uh, as as we've mentioned, I'm I'm definitely a Giants fan. And and, uh, Slayton was was one of my favorite players last year. Uh, The the connection between him and uh, and, and Danny, uh, DJ. I need to figure out what I'm going to call him. What, you Anyways, don't like Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes. <laughs> I like Danny Dimes, but I, I don't know. That's that's a rookie nickname. Like, you need to, you need <laughs> to get a, a quarter now, but it doesn't flow. A long well. one. Danny Dollar. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Dollar. There you go. Dollar, baby. That's when, that, that's when that contract comes in a Make few years. <laughs> I bet so, you that will be a uh, but yeah, I I Danny Dollar when he gets this. Yeah, buddy. The uh the chemistry between uh the quarterback and uh, and Darius, uh, like you said, when when they when uh when they would practice together, uh when when DJ took over and uh in, in game three in Tampa, uh you saw it right away. Uh, and then the announcer saw it right away. It was fun to watch. I mean that connection was immediately there and he relied on it for the rest of the year. And with the wide receivers that you have there, I, I love that wide receiver room um the 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 two uh the two main guys uh, uh sterling shepherd and golden tate are both amazing in the slot i think uh, tate is a little bit underrated on playing on the outside but slayton's that deep threat that is that's missing right there and he he can stretch the field and he can open it up since i think i think as fans were not paying attention to slayton i think other teams are um and i think that they're going to give him more coverage downfield that will open up the middle of the field for evan ingram and for sterling shepherd uh and and be able to to kind of rack up the points in that way. So, no, I love I love Darius Slayton. He's he's one of my favorites, uh, uh, one of my favorite players this year, and I, I really look forward to to seeing him have a have a big year. All right, so All I just right, realized that Giants love. Yeah, <laughs> I just realized that I, I I'm the next one, so I'll go ahead and, uh, and and talk about the my my pick here. And I had an order I wanted to go in because I I also have a giant uh, on on my oh, uh, on my list, right but I, I'm not going to do it right away. Way. My, my pick's actually going to go ahead and be uh, Preston Williams uh, with the Dolphins. Um, okay. He he played nine games. He he kind of lit up uh, lit up the 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 stats a little bit. Uh, then he uh, went out due to injury. Uh, but during those nine games, uh, thirty two catches, uh, four hundred and twenty eight yards, uh, the three touchdowns. Uh, he's playing with a quarterback that's a gunslinger. Um, so and he's playing in a wide receiver room that's that's not going to have a lot of people challenging him. Um, Devontae Parker and Alan Hearns um, are, are definitely going to get their uh, their reps in. But I, I see Preston Williams as a solid WR two. To, uh, for for the Dolphins, and and it's 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 worth noting that the Dolphins 
right now they're in a losing culture. They're they're in a rebuild, and I respect their rebuild a lot, but they are not going to win a lot of games next year, and they're going to be playing from behind, and they're going to have Fitzpatrick back there throwing the ball. And I think Preston Williams is going to uh, kind of really make out for that one. So uh, kind of the same with, with uh, as you were saying with Slayton. This is someone who... You may have a couple of guys recognize uh, recognize the name. Maybe a couple of them had uh, had him last year whenever he went on his run. Uh, but this is someone you can pick up late in the draft, and uh, I think by the end of the year, you also be looking at him and and uh, and be really happy you got him. Word, um, yeah, I I like him. So I've been mm-hmm. <laughs> I like players who you're like, oh god, really? Uh, <laughs> I've been a Devonte Parker fan for a while, and when he finally broke out in year 473, I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a um, Dolphins are such an enigma. They're so the dolphins are such a a um what the heck kind of <laughs> we're being PG here again, but no, they're um <laughs> you know <laughs> What the heck? I, Ryan, the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you know, like it, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, um, Tua is there. He's probably, you know, chilling and illing for a while. So you got Ryan Fitzpatrick there who has shown, you know, he's very viable of getting you fantasy points from your rivers. Parker showed you, um, you know, and, and w- Williams last year before he got injured, he was on a roll too, like you were saying. Um, he, I, I'm not sure long term if I want any Dolphins player um, mm. on my roster. Except for maybe Tua. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that if you're playing Dynasty and, and you have a chance to get Tua, then I, I am about that life. But um, yeah, for redraft purposes, sure. Take a shot on Preston Williams um, because, you know, it's not a long term con- commitment. You have him for a year, you can trade him if you need to. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like him as a as a nice deep sleeper. So a guy that you're not going to start every week. I mean, there might be a chance you stick him in the flex, you stick him in for bye week fill in, injury fill in, and you never know what's going to happen. If he can stay healthy, it's going to be pretty nice. Yeah, you know, I really liked Preston Williams. There's a few things that kind of scared me about him uh, towards the end of the season, which is he's recovering from an ACL tear, which is not an easy recovery. He mm-hmm. was an undrafted free agent, which means that the team isn't heavily invested in seeing him succeed. And then Devontae Parker, as you guys mm-hmm. mentioned, started to come on, but he started to actually come on almost immediately after Preston went down. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there's necessarily room for both of them. I also, Mike Kazeki started to come on towards the end of the yeah. season too. It's interesting though, because you did mention, both of you mentioned that you would invest in Chua, and I'm going to try to pronounce the last <laughs> name because I think it's important uh, that we do, do it. Pango Bailoa, I believe. Is yes, we'll give it to you. Yeah, I, I, yeah that um, sounds great. <laughs> but, so if you both believe in him, you need to believe mm-hmm. in his weapons, right? Cause yeah, but I don't know if I believe in his weapons right now. If he's going to be a good fantasy <laughs> player, you have to also believe that he'll make those around him good. Mm-hmm. So long term, I don't necessarily, especially in Dynasty, which is primarily my focus, I don't yeah. hate mm-hmm. taking a shot on Preston. I did sell the one Preston Williams share that I had for some rookie cash in an auction. I do like the Dolphins, and I think they actually started to show something last year when everyone expected them to basically lose every game. And Brian Flores mm-hmm. went, look at this, I'm going to win some games with really a garbage <laughs> offense. I don't mind the shot on Preston Williams. It's all, as with everything, value dependent. But if you're getting him yeah. as late as ADP generally says you are, I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with taking a shot there. Casey, who's uh, who's your second person, your second sleeper? Um, Should I go with the Cowboy? Why not? Let's go with the Cowboy because I know you guys just love talking about Dallas Cowboys players. Um, for fantasy purposes, guys, um, we've got Tony Pollard here running back. Um, he's no Ezekiel Elliott. We already know that, but we're looking at guys later rounds, not guys. Obviously you're not getting a guy who's a number one all out there kind of dude later rounds. But if you're looking for a guy who's a, a, a really nice compliment to the back that they already have starting the, the workhorse guy, Tony Pollard is that guy because he does more than just run the ball. I mean, he's, great at catching the football he's great at, at being used as a receiver i mean there there's reports that maybe he'll even be used more in that role over the the rushing role um he he had a rookie season where he averaged 5.3 yards on an attempt each attempt uh, or per attempt um i can't even speak tonight because i'm so excited about tony pollard <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and attempt. Okay, whatever. I can't read my own handwriting. See, I had to get some notes because I've been drinking. Now, friends, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna. The reason I like Tony Pollard B, the B here, is that if for some reason Zeke was to be out, Tony Pollard can come in and right away be your number one guy, number one running back in that offense with that O line. The O line's still good. I know every year it's fun to talk about how they're getting a little bit less and a little bit less, but they're still a really good O line. Um, I love. Watching Tony Pollard play last year when he got those garbage time touchdowns, and you know, when he was your last resort and you had to use him in your roster because there was a bye week or somebody was hurt, that was the guy that you knew you could automatically plug in. Now, I know everybody's gonna say with the whole cook news that Madison's gonna be <laughs> the handcuff because whatever. Um, but I think <laughs> I think Pollard has a real shot of having standalone value if they just use him the way that we have seen in the past that he could be used towards the end of games and all that jazz. I know Zeke is one of those guys that's out there on the field most of the time. I mean, injury here or uh, suspension there, you know, <laughs> but he's supposedly growing up, right? So he should see the field. But I still How like How often does Zeke get injured? I'm I mean, curious. I, and, and I feel like I should that, know that, but he doesn't seem there, like, like he gets injured. Was there like one time that he was actually like injured I can think of that it wasn't yeah. even that long of a period of time, or maybe I'm just confusing the suspension. He actually with an injury. only played, and this includes the suspension, but yeah. he's only played 16 games uh, once in 2019. He's missed. And that was last uh, year, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he only has missed a game here and there. So his yeah, first year, it's... he missed one game. His third year, he missed one game, and then. The second year, he obviously missed a few because of the suspension. Yeah, it's not one of those things where, I mean, obviously, you're, <laughs> Zeke's not a sleeper, but his yeah. his quote-unquote ha- uh, handcuff, if you want to call him that, I don't even call him a handcuff because I think he has standalone value. I know not everybody agrees mm-hmm. with that, but I think that he could have a standalone value. You look at um, teams that, you know, like New England, who utilize more than one um, running back. I mean, he can be in that same kind of role. Um, just like, you know, Chicago and, and you know, the Chargers do it. So um, why not? I, I think that at least taking a shot, if you have a spot on your bench and he's still there late, you know, you can get him in round 11, 12, whatever. Um, definitely worth the pickup, in my opinion. I hate to come on your own podcast and disagree with you. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> come on my podcast. It, it's not just because he's a cowboy, because I actually uh, love Amari Cooper. And, oh, and I don't. Well, there we go. Okay. And, and okay. I also have hyped Dak Prescott in the past, even though okay. he is a cowboy. I've talked about this before, but essentially with handcuffs, I do want them to have standalone value. And with Pollard, I just don't see it. Because as we just talked about, Zeke has rarely missed a game. They pay him to be the guy. He basically never comes off the field. And so if you're waiting for a guy to have an injury to really have a path to fantasy relevance, it's just not a guy I'm interested in. In fact, I tried to do a very quick research here and pulled up what Pollard did last year and tried to see if I could find him. And I got 58 players deep on the running back list before I could find him in points (laughs) per game. So he's just not a guy that I'm interested in. I want those pass catchers who might come in on third downs and then if something would happen to the guy ahead of them, they can run. I think roster spots are wasted on handcuffs. You're better off taking people that might actually have a shot at a starting job or a wide receiver there or something mm-hmm. of that nature. That's just my personal philosophy. I understand that if Zeke were to go down, Pollard could be the guy. Personally, and I'm not trying to accuse you of this, of this Casey. It's just Do a it. general view. When you have <laughs> handcuffs on the chance that someone gets injured, you're playing scared rather than playing for risk. Because what you're doing, especially if you're the owner, so if you own Zeke and you're taking yeah. Pollard, you're saying, this is my insurance policy, but really you should say, if Zeke gets stays healthy the whole year, which should be your assumption, because it's hard to assume injury, what mm-hmm. guy gives me the most upside on my mm-hmm. bench to trade away or upside to maybe even crack my starting lineup? Yeah. I know. I totally feel you on that. I'm not usually a handcuffed kind of girl. I mean, if a guy falls to me at a certain certain point, I'm going to going to snag him up as even if I don't have the starter it's good leverage for the person who has so-and-so if if they end up getting hurt or whatever but it's not a strategy that I go into it with I just like I think maybe it's more long term I, I would love to see Pollard somewhere else but there's just so many so many different guys out there that can can do the job you know 
So uh, you just kind of have to like cross your fingers. And and with you know the injury thing, I think that it's more in play if you're if you're looking at a running back who is constantly injured or whatever, or somebody who is constantly injured. When it comes to handcuffs, I still don't like handcuffs. I I, I really try to draft um, just in my opinion, it's the best player available. Or if for some reason I accidentally messed up and, and have it focused on a specific position, then I'm like, oh shit, I better get somebody here. You know, whoops, I forgot about tight end. Um, but yeah, like Bobby said, you know, this is one of those situations where it's like, if you're going to call him a handcuff or whatever, like you better just have the roster spot <laughs> for him. And if you need to end up, I'm not going to do this, but if you do need to end up getting rid of him to make spaces and that's on you. <laughs> but, you know. So what, what scares me about Tony Pollard? Pollard. No, I yeah. know his name. Um, what, what scares <laughs> me about him is, is <laughs> Tony, what? <laughs> Cowboys? No, I, and, and I, and I think we, we talked about this uh, before Casey is, is uh-huh. the, the, the coaching staff that's coming in uh, to to the Cowboys uh, with Mark McCarthy, uh, I I it's not very running back featured. Um, I he definitely values the running back that can that can catch out of the backfield, but but to me that's Zeke. Like to me that 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 isn't the. Zeke is the three down uh, running back and, and, and Bobby, like you said, I mean, if you're going to rely on injury, you're, you're really just kind of setting yourself up to fail, um, at, at that point. Um, and, and with the, with the offense, which, and we, we really don't know completely the offense that they're going to come out, but I, I don't see it featuring Tony Pollard. No. Um, to be quite honest, I think I, I see he, it I think featuring, he, yeah, yeah CD Lamb. I see him. Oh, yeah, there's plenty, you know, the house to feed uh, there in Dallas. That's, oh, yeah. so <laughs> um, I think I mean, that in, also Pollard is more of a um, garbage time guy, too, which you have to look at schedule. Yep. And if you're in a pickle, like my wife was in a pickle last year. I love that word pickle. All right. <laughs> Scott Fish does too. All right. Now, it's a big um, deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> 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 All right. This is, a, this is a dad joke podcast. Um, no, but um, I, she had to throw him in because she just didn't have any other option. And it was one of those games where he ended up with a touchdown towards the end and it saved her day. So, I mean, you might be in a situation like that where you have to do that. And if he's on, mm-hmm. you know, if he's on the waivers or whatever, right up to, you know, right before you, actually have to start somebody in Saturday. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, some <laughs> leagues he's going to be on there. I mean, there's just no telling, especially with depending on the league size and what kind of league you're playing in and if it's redraft and so on and so forth. So just, I, I would just keep an eye on that. I'm not saying he's one of those guys I would throw into my lineup every single time because that ain't happening. <laughs> you guys got me sounding like I'm a hater now, but I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Tony Bobby, Pollard. I just <laughs> love him. So, so we don't bash on you anymore. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, who's, who's your, uh, who's your second Special. pick? Yeah. I'm going to talk about another uh, dolphin here. And also just to go back up to an earlier point on the dolphin. So there was a stat that was posted a year or two ago, and I'm trying to recall exactly how it was, but basically it was no quarterback drafted in the first round has gone more than five or six games without eventually starting in like the last few draft classes. So mm-hmm. while I know Tua had the hip injury, given yeah. that, I think that he will start at some point this year. I know some people talk about medical redshirt, and I think that that team, especially with don't get me wrong. I actually think that I will believe that the Patriots will continue to win that division until proven otherwise, even with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. But I think yep. if not, it'll be the Bills. But I think the Dolphins may surprise people with how many games they win this year. And so with that in mind, I'm going to talk about Matt Breida. And he's actually yeah. close to Pollard in ADP. The reason that I prefer Breida is even though he has had some injury history, when he was used by the 49ers, he actually looked like he was capable of being a starter he rushed the ball really well he caught the ball well out of the backfield and the Dolphins just traded for him in the draft and his only real competition is Jordan Howard who has been a serviceable running back but I think between the two Brita is the more electric playmaker again it depends on health for him but if he's healthy I think he has a legitimate chance at starting and so if you're getting him that late for a starting running back even if it's on a team like the Dolphins that 
reeks of pretty good deal to me. I had uh, I had Brieta last year uh, when he played for the Niners, um, and it was it was so up and down, and, and and a lot of it had to do with with the running back uh, situation in in San Francisco. I mean, they it was it was uh, by committee, and and forgive me, I I, I who's their RB one right now? Uh, Raheem Mostert. Probably. Yeah, that's right. Either yeah. that or Tevin yeah. Coleman, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and it was kind of the same <laughs> thing last year. It was, you know, maybe it's Coleman, maybe it's Brita. And so that that's what scares me away from him. I agree with you. I think the team situation is probably going to be a little bit better for Brita in, in, um, in, in his opportunity. I think Jordan Howard doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, tread left on the tires. So to speak, I, I I think that uh, his his snaps will go down and and uh, and, and Breda will probably go up. But and just um, quick, just from JJ, just from Howard having him last has, year, though. Stone hands, by the way, I forgot to mention that. So yeah, Howard he can not catch. Uh, we don't he, need him. He to. can run, and I loved him on in Chicago. <laughs> but man, he he yeah, he can't catch. <laughs> I was big on Jordan Howard a lot, uh, a lot more uh, prior to you know Breda coming in and being the little <laughs> little cog and all. But um, no, I, I, those guys, I think they both have an opportunity to like be decent for fantasy. I don't know if I would say either one of them is going to be the stud number one. This is the dude. I think it might be one of those one game on, one game off. When it, Not like one game on playing, one game off playing, but one game on fantasy points, one game off fantasy points. Um, I think it's going to be one of those tricky situations. And, and there's always those backfields that are like that. Every year, you're like, oh, I'm not saying that Miami's anywhere close to um, the Patriots, but you never know which Patriot is going to get you the fan points. That's been the MO for ever um jordan howard when he was with philadelphia i mean he was looking pretty good you know miles sanders is there and that's everybody's like talk of the town right now so (laughs) you know they shipped him off and you know whatever whatever but i think that yeah like you were saying jj about the bears with the bears he looks really awesome injuries have always plagued him so brita has a shot especially you know they both have those issues where you're like oh you know but at the end of the day, I think they're both going to be viable fantasy options for mm-hmm. certain weeks. Again, I think they're plug and play kind of guys. I think they're really good in best ball. I don't yeah. know. The Dolphins are the Dolphins blow my mind and, and kind of in a bad way. I'm like, I don't know how to there's take. A, uh, most there's of a psychological bias amongst fantasy players against the Dolphins <laughs> because they've been bad for yeah. so long. It's similar to uh, yeah, the Browns. It, the Browns have been starting to change that a bit. Yes. Because they got Baker mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. those other offensive pieces for a bit. But it's the same mm-hmm. idea where a team is so bad for so long, it's hard for us to imagine that they might actually be on the up and coming. And, that, and that's the, the thing, too. Yeah, Bobby, year. I'm just like, uh, I look at it and I'm like, which guy is it going to be? Because obviously it's going to be some guy. It, it was, there were guys last year i mean we were already talking about how parker was the dude last year i that's my thing it's just like which guy is gonna be and i don't have a crystal ball to tell me that but i guess you can just <laughs> cross your fingers and on for the best. bad team someone has to catch passes and by somebody the way, has AJ, to I and, and when i saw the bills doing well especially being a I, new york fan it was kind of like the bills are doing the, well yeah but they suck Cole Beasley was to turn around. Oh, that that guy. Oh, that guy. The level of dislike I have for a player is usually proportionate to how well he played on the Cowboys. <laughs> that's fair. That's, uh, so that's a I, big I reason do. of why I hated Des Bryant. Huh. Yeah, I I dig him I now. I think Des is cool now, but I uh, I, I also hated Tony Romo while he was on the Cowboys, and now as a announcer, uh, like he's same great here. Same here. Okay, so. well I'll let you guys like him now. That's that's cool. I'll let you guys. Like <laughs> hey, he's on making more one. money than uh, than 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 Dak is oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> He's making more money than anyway. a lot of people are. Right now. <laughs> anyway, so uh, for 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 my sleeper pick, I really did want to go with uh, with a rookie, and I wanted to go with uh, with one of the RBs that are coming out. Um, we did our, our our podcast that came out um, it came out this week actually, and uh, we were talking about our our top rookie picks. Um, and so, I, like I said, I wanted to go with one of the running backs. The one I decided to go with is going to be Cam Akers, uh, just because, uh, mm-hmm. especially in redraft, I think he's going to have. Uh, a little bit more value, uh, value Im- 
immediately. Um, I They have a couple of running backs out there. I think uh, Darrell Henderson is out there, um, and I think that's probably going to be Akers' main threat. Um, but from what I see, I think Akers is going to be RB1 from from day one, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I see him at the beginning of the season doing the goal line, uh, uh, doing the goal line runs, uh, doing the short yard TDs uh, from the uh, from the red zone and and uh, and getting in there and, and uh, snagging those touchdowns and those points. Um, so I, I picked him also because he's he's going to be with the Rams. I I know that the Rams aren't. Uh, they got rid of Todd Gurley, uh, so they aren't. They don't value the running back as much as we think that they should, but they do value it. And I think that that those uh, those those snaps are going to be there. And this person was selected to take those snaps. I think specifically, um, and so that's why uh, that's why like I said, I wanted a rookie and I wanted it to be an RB uh, for my sleeper and i think this is a good one for you to pick up yeah i can't disagree there um i think that the rams offense is probably going to bounce back at least a bit to what it was prior to last season because their o-line was just decimated which didn't help pretty much anything going on there Mm -hmm. and i also think that the lack of the run game hurt their offense a lot and for Mm -hmm. better or worse they didn't trust todd Gurley's knees holding up so they said we're going to get ourselves a younger different guy and acres can do a lot of i don't necessarily know that he's the same player that Gurley was mm-hmm. but he's a good player and he's not getting some of the hype that he deserves because you know you have guys like jonathan taylor and yeah. edward solaire who went to the chiefs but i like acres and i think you're right that he is a good value pick if you can't get yeah. those guys definitely what do you think i mean yes value for sure, with the value, um, Acres, you know, he got, he ended up in a really good landing spot, and people, a lot of people, want to talk about, you know, like Bobby was saying, like these guys, you know, your Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and all these guys with their millions of names, these guys that are out there, you know, these big name guys that that went to certain spots, got drafted at certain spots, but they didn't take Cam Acres to just take cam Akers, especially where they took him um mm-hmm. they, they know what they want to do with him they know that their running game wasn't great last year and they need to do something about it they need to change it they need to get somebody in there that can get 12 to 15 ish you know touches per game somebody that can handle you know that workload can handle being the guy um I mean, they were so unproductive last year in the running game. It was just ridiculous. And I think that that's not what they want to be as a, a, their identity being we don't run the ball. They want to get somebody in there. They drafted somebody um, that they think can do that. And, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's criminally underrated, I think. Uh, out of this rookie class, there were so many great players that he kind of gets – put on the back burner when you're looking at these other guys and where they are. But I think that his landing spot was ideal for him completely. And the only other, the RB I, I thought about doing was JK Dobbins. Um, and really the, the reason why I didn't go with him is because uh, I mean, Ingram's there and, and you, you can't rely on the injury. Uh, and Ingram's the man in, in Baltimore, uh, right. You know, behind Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, but he and Lamar Jackson have a true <laughs> best going That's... on in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> And I love it. It's so amazing. Oh, it's fun to watch. Goodness. I love it too. Oh my gosh. I could just watch Ravens all day, every day, and my heart would be so content. Who's your third one, Casey? Third one. All right. We're going to go with Tariq Cohen. That's another name from another uh, blast from the past, if you want to. I mean, he's been around, mm-hmm. but it's not like we've talked really hardcore about him since what, 2018 or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> whenever his last good year was, last year was abysmal last year wasn't great for anything to come out of Chicago really if you if you look at that offense you look at what the quarterback play was um I mean they brought in big D Nick (laughs) to to (laughs) kind of put some pressure under under you know so Trubisky wasn't that great last year but you know what the situation all around you know Allen Robinson's being touted as a um I'm loving this word tout tonight. Um, he's being shown as this dude. And I think that Tariq Cohen, I think Cohen's kind of underrated because he's still there. 
People forget that he's still there. I've seen so many people who are all about, well, David Montgomery's there. And so Cohen really doesn't have a place, but he does have a place. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. In 2008, he had RB1 games numerous times in 2018. Now we're going to look at 2019 where it's like, what? But he still had a career high in his receptions last year, even though it was a crap season all around. Um, he still had 79 receptions. So he was a PPR Nice PPR pickup if you had him on your team. I'm a, I'm a big Cohen fan. I, I I like, you know, the fact that he's had plenty of receptions over the last few years. Yes, you know, he's got competition there, but he can be that pass-catching running back too. And I really like the PPR backs. I really do. He's had over 200 receptions the last three seasons at least uh, with with Alvin Kamara. You got Christian McCaffrey in that group. You know, you got – James White in that group. So, I mean, he can do not as he's not Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to, we're not going to say that, I, that I said that, but his rushing yards are going to go up. I think the, uh, you know, the attempts are going to go up. <laughs> yeah. You got to get what's, your quarterback. What's Chicago doing differently this year? Is it, is it, they just got foals and that's it. What are they doing differently? They better be thinking that they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're going to be doing differently. I don't think they had as much confidence last season as they really needed. I don't know what they're going to do differently this season as opposed to last season besides light a fire under light a fire under his ass and get him to like actually complete passes and get all to the players he needs to. Trubisky just uh, is Trubisky. Trubisky's going to Trubisky, you know, um, Nick Foles, is going to Nick Foles. I don't know it, 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 what kind of Nick Foles we will see. And I don't know. But if they don't use Cohen this season like they have in the past, then they're mm-hmm. just wasting his talent. He, he's not – he's being criminally underrated. I think that people are just forgetting about him. And, they, yes, Tim, David Montgomery is the bright, shiny new toy. I understand that. When your quarterback actually learns how to toss a ball correctly, get the ball to Cohen and he'll get the work done. But that's the thing. They got to they gotta get their quarterback back on the same page as their running back. That's my rant. What do you think? What do you think, Bobby? <laughs> what do you think about Tariq Cohen? I just think I didn't want to interrupt that because Casey clearly had a lot she needed to get off her chest about Cohen and the Bears. Yeah. Um, I liked, obviously, I, I like Kurt Cohen coming out of uh, the 2018 season. I agree with Casey. He's a good <sighs> back. For a while, I thought he'd actually be the next, like, Darren Sproles type guy. I'm not mm-hmm. as right. confident in that these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I know this is a controversial take, but I'm not actually that confident that Nick Foles is actually an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. I think a lot of people overhype his playoff run with the Eagles and remember that. And even though it was a great run, it was a few games. So over the course of the season, Nick Foles has never really shown that level of ability for an entire season. So I do worry that people are getting too excited about the Bears offense just because they brought him. (laughs) Basically, if you're looking at anyone outside of Allen Robinson on the Bears, you're doing it wrong. That's just my take. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> there you go. All right. Go. So uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to to the third. Uh, your third pick, Bobby. Sure. So my third pick is Hayden Hurst, um, and this is. I realize that he has never particularly shown out, and he was shown up by Mark Andrews, who I love, and everyone makes fun of the fact that yeah. the Ravens selected him over Lamar Jackson which is true. They had to trade back into the draft to take Lamar Jackson after taking Hayden Hurst in the first round. The thing is, when Mark Andrews missed some time, Hayden Hurst actually had a few solid games, and now he's going to an offense that Matt Ryan has historically utilized his tight ends and utilized them heavily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily on Austin Hooper's talent level, but if he can even be... 70% of what Austin Hooper was last year. That's a really usable fantasy tight end, which I guess isn't saying much because to be top 10 at tight end, you really don't have to do (laughs) much of anything. But I do like him there, and I do think there was a reason that a team thought he was a first-round pick. I think there's a reason that the Falcons traded for him. And so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what he can do in that situation. And uh, because there's such limited amounts of tight ends, if you wait a while, you know, if you're not getting those Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and you're waiting a bit, instead of going after those middle guys, Hayden Hurst, I think, is a good bet so that you can go wide receiver running back when those other guys are coming up on your draft boards and then take Hayden Hurst later. 
I'm real interested to see what Matt Ryan does this year. Uh, I think that uh, I think Hurst is is definitely for for him. I don't know. I, I you know Matt Ryan was someone for for the quite a few years that was someone that that was was what one of the top top five QB. Uh, uh, really for I want to say last three, four, five, something like that years. Maybe not top five the whole uh, each year, but uh, I think that I think that Hurst would be able to come in and kind of help him step it up uh, a, a little bit more than than what he's been. He's definitely been in decline. I think in the uh, or at least last year was a decline. Uh, but I, I'd be interested interested to see that connection, the the Ryan Hurst connect connection, and see if that's something that becomes profitable. It is also an even year, so. Uh, for what it's worth, it's not it's not something you should actually buy into. But for what it's worth, Matt Ryan in even years has huge years if you look at his career trajectory. So for hmm. fantasy, it's he has like top 12 years when it's, you know, like 2016, 2018, 2020. And then in odd years, for whatever reason, he's like, no, I don't like the way these numbers look. Yeah. I'm not going to perform well for you. <laughs> but right. Yeah. No, I like I like I like Hayden Hurst. I do. I do. I do. I do. Um, I like, you know, who else I like? I like uh Julio Jones, I like Ridley, you know, they're there, whatever. You know, there's there are just like a lot of these top teams with these quarterbacks who can get it done. They do have a lot of mouths to feed, but I do think that he's going to have a – he's in a good position there. Um, he's got a capable quarterback who's been around for quite some time and not some random dude who just, you know, is filling in until the starter gets healthy. Now, Matt Ryan has been a – very, very productive quarterback over the last however many years he's been <laughs> been around the block. Tight, like Bobby was talking about tight ends, like it doesn't really take much to like be a, a decent sleeper when it comes to tight end for real. Because if you're not one of those top three or four guys, you know, then you're average like everybody else. Um, but you want to get that guy that's just a little bit more average than the other guys. And I <laughs> can it. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst can at least be a little bit a more than you know. It, 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 Hayden Hurst is, yeah. Just talking about him in general, that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I like him a lot, and um, I don't know. I just love tight ends so much. You guys don't even know. Well, if you if you love tight ends, <laughs> check out this transition because my pick is going to also be a tight end. Uh, I actually went with Caden Smith. Uh, the tied in for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a, a couple of things from the end of last year. And, and, you know, we're, I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I think Caden Smith is going to be dependent on how effective Evan Ingram is. Um, but the difference, I think, from what we were talking about before between like, uh, Zeke and Pollard and Ingram and, and Caden Smith is that Ingram has that, that injury history. Uh, and, and I, you can't rely on him. For for uh, for a sixteen game season, uh, he got his extension. I think that's fantastic for him. I think that he he should have gotten it. That was a smart move by the Giants. But I think he got it because they have this player on the team. Caden Smith for the last uh, last six games, I believe, of the season, uh, he had thirty one catches, uh, two hundred and sixty eight yards, uh, three touchdowns, which, which to me is is uh, the the big deal with him. Uh, along with Darius Slayton, he's that big in zone target for Daniel Jones. Um, and uh, if you look at, at what Caden did versus my, my favorite Washington safety, Landon Collins, he, he, I mean, he, ma- he made him look silly. He really did. And uh, I, I think that having Ingram and having Smith uh, on an offense with Jason Garrett uh, can only be a good thing because um, Jason Garrett loves his tight ends. Uh, you know, there was years where, uh, where he, that you would have the two in, in Dallas, um, and, and both would be viable options in fantasy. And, uh, and, and like we've been saying, you know, if you're looking for someone, you're at the end of the draft, this is not someone anyone's going to know, um, unless they're, unless they're a Giants fan. This is a good pickup. Um, this is someone who'll get you, uh, um, I mean, he, I think he's flex probably at best, probably not a tight end, uh, one or, or even a tight end two, but definitely a flex. Uh, and he can come in and get a good share of points. I think he averaged uh, 11 fantasy points, um, over, over the games that he played. Yeah. Speaking as a Giants fan, he was certainly a good fill in and I was happy to see him get an extension too. Um, mm-hmm. he was definitely flex worthy in fantasy and, 
as we mentioned earlier, as much of a talent as I think Evan Ingram is, and as much as I like him, he cannot seem to stay healthy. And, you know, yeah. injuries are not necessarily predictable. But when a guy has that much trouble staying healthy, taking a shot on his backup at the very end of the draft, which you can probably mm-hmm. do in redraft of a guy like Caden Smith, isn't mm-hmm. the worst thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like Caden Smith. I picked him up. And I pretty much strictly play Dynasty these days, but I picked him up in a few Dynasty leagues before the draft just in case the Giants decided to trade away Evan Ingram because there were yeah. some rumors swirling about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still stashing him just in case, uh, you know, Dynasty is walking up rosters trade that you can uh, do that. And yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think that Ingram is totally safe yet. I mean, you guys know all the hype surrounding David Njoku. I think that <laughs> Evan Ingram is better than David Njoku, but I think that, you know, that was another possible trade candidate that they had been talking about. I think these guys that either can't stay healthy or just aren't utilized correctly, those are the guys that you gotta gotta keep on your radar so you can keep looking at the depth chart and see, well, who else is on this, you know, who else is on the roster? Because who's the next man up? Evan Ingram can't stay healthy. We know that. I love Evan Ingram. You guys love Evan Ingram, I'm sure. Bobby was talking. Kudos, kudos. But he can't stay healthy. And that's what sucks so much about these guys that you want to see do well is when they can't stay healthy, it's not their fault. But at the same time, it's their body's fault. Come on, guys. Get together. and <laughs> Tell your, you know, tell your bodies to shape up or ship out. You know, I'm an old person myself. <laughs> So you guys have no reason. <laughs> the old the old, the old Coughlin no, line, you know, yeah. to, ah, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> rub some dirt on it. No, but, you know, and Ingram, too. You know, if he comes back too early, he doesn't look the same. You know, he doesn't look like he should. Um, you know, they're no – now, Caden Smith's no Darren Fells, but <laughs> – or any of those other guys that were, like, fantasy relevant for a handful of games. Uh, what <laughs> even think another that's that's how you know that my grandfather was a huge giants fan because growing up he would tell me to rub some some dirt on it and then he would watch coughlin and he'd be like yes that is my guy he understands You know, tight end is, I love tight end for like sleeper picks because tight end is one of those things where if you miss, it's like, whoops, everybody else is probably going to miss too mm-hmm. because most of the tight ends don't do a bucket of anything unless, you know, you're in like a tight end premium league or like, you know, like Scott Fish giving you a little extra for your tight ends. Yeah, well, very could, few people will come after JJ for recommending Caden Smith. Yes. Nobody's going to be like, oh my God, I, I drafted Caden Smith and then he didn't do anything for me. Well, homie. You ruined my whole season. Yeah, you ruined my whole season yeah but yeah good pick thank you all right so that's that's the three uh players from each of us i i know that both of us uh casey had a couple of other players that we wanted to chat about uh who, who are some of the other players that you wanted to talk to just kind of for for sleeper purposes that you wanted to to bring up and and make sure people take notice of them nothing i'm not gonna go like too in depth because we're getting kind of late on time but uh yeah you know guys like um like drew lock i like you know uh, that's a controversial pick because you're either like pro Drew Lock or your Drew Lock's going to be out of there in no time. They don't they don't want him as their quarterback. But I think if you're doing it for just one season, if you're not looking at it from a even, but you know what, in a dynasty standpoint, I think he's going a little higher than I like him to go. Um, just because I'm not 100 percent positive if he's actually staying around the whole time. But um, I'll still. I mean, I'm not going to say I won't take him for the right price. Come on, guys, throw me some offers. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for a redraft, if you want, if you wait on your quarterbacks and he ends up falling to you, then mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a good pick. I think that Ian Thomas, the tight end with the Panthers, I think he has a, a decent shot. I, I mean, I was touting in the last couple of years as a sleeper. I love to, str- or not as a sleeper, as a streamer. I love to stream tight ends in, dy- um, in redraft, not in dynasty. Um, but in redraft, I love to stream quarterbacks, you know, defense. Def- usually defenses and um, tight ends. And that's one that I had on my list a lot of the times, but I, I miss the mark on it a lot, <laughs> but I'm hoping for this season, it'll be different. Um, and, and, and then we were talking about the Cowboys earlier with Blake Jarwin. I think he's being hyped a lot lately. Um, once mm-hmm. they drafted CD lamb, it kind of took me aback a little bit, but I think that I still have faith that he, he could put up decent numbers at tight end as well, considering the, the things that you're going to have, the guys you're going to have around him. Um, at least he's got mm-hmm. that that clear cut number one tight end in Dallas. 
So to continue on what you were saying with uh, with with QBs and and both of these kind of came up after we did our our QB show, which should be coming out next week. Uh, but the you know you have your top tier QBs and and you know you have your 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 five that you know if they're on the board you're going to take them um, you know no matter what and and, and those are going to be. Uh, of course, your Lamar Jackson, your Patrick Mahomes, that sort of thing. Um, but if you if you get into the later rounds, you haven't picked up a QB, um, and uh, you see you know like Baker Mayfield or you see Daniel Jones uh, on the you know still available, uh, definitely pick them right up. Uh, Baker Mayfield to me though uh, is a uh, <laughs> I think he gets a mulligan year for last year. Uh, I I was high on him, I really was coming out. I thought that the Browns, everyone thought the Browns were gonna. I mean, they won the off season, right? Uh, they got. OBJ and everything, um, and, and that hasn't really changed. They have a uh, you know a new head coach that I think is going to be better for Baker. They still have Odell. They still have Jarvis. They have Austin Hooper now. Uh, Nick Chubb is is a consistent running back now. Um, so I you could do a lot worse than than uh, than to pick up Baker and and same type of thing with Daniel Jones and and the the Giants have have had a losing culture the past few seasons. There's really no way around uh, around that. I mean they they've won three games, four games, three games that sort of thing. Um, but last year you know. DJ had at least four games with uh, with uh, at least 35 fantasy points, um, and that's out of the 12 games that he played. So uh, what's that? One one third of the games that he played, he had at least 35 fantasy points. And he's got Golden Tate, Slayton, Sterling Shepard. We've talked about Evan Green Ingram. We haven't touched on Saquon Barkley, which which again, uh, you like your running your your running backs to catch the ball. I mean, he's he's going to be a main one, and I and I see them lining him up as a wide receiver this year. So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, if you're if you need a QB and, and it's and it's at the end of the draft and you see one of these guys, just just snatch him right up. I was purposely not saying anything because I am I, with people that are very <laughs> anti-true lock. Look, I can see Robert your face Bruce. when I was talking about um, Yeah, no, I've been I've been very publicly anti-Drew Lock. I don't get all the hype yeah. in a small sample. He it's because he can rap, dude. It is. It, but that's it. Like literally, people say so here, here's I wrote an article, funny enough, about the guy that I'm about to talk about. And it was Gardner Minshew's mania versus Drew Locke's lock status. And the, both the things that people say about Gardner Minshew is, oh, people only like him because he's got swagger. He has that mustache. He has that mm-hmm. RV, but he wasn't good for football or fantasy purposes is false. He actually was good for fantasy purposes. And he was pretty mm-hmm. good as a rookie. Drew Locke. In his small sample, and yes, he had a hurt wrist, whatever. He had circumstances going on. Was a glorified game manager. He won games, and he can rap. Mm-hmm. And that's why people love him. He was garbage for fantasy. He was QB 32 in points per game during that five-game sample. They surrounded Thanks. him with a bunch of weapons, and that might help him. But I have so many hey. bets that are anti-Drew Lock this season. So I would not bet on Drew Lock. In fact, as I just said, would rather bet on Gardner Minshew. Uh-oh. I think we yeah. might have to come up with something. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do any more. He's got way too many. I already, I already have. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. I either have five or six bets that Dude, basically good. say that the summation, there's like very specific terms around points per game or whatever, but the summation yeah. is Drew Lock sucks. That's like <laughs> the right. Bobby well, bets that Drew Lock sucks. I'll have to find somebody. That's going to be uh, one of your team names. Your sentiment. Yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> I really, I do think Daniel Jones is underrated and I actually – I feel so strongly about that, that I don't know how public this is. I've mentioned it on a few podcasts, but I have a jorts bet where I bet someone else before the DeAndre Hopkins trade that Daniel Jones would be within a point per game or better of Kyler Murray. And oh, the wow. loser has to wear jorts and post it publicly on Twitter. So that's how strongly I felt about it at the <laughs> so time. So I hope you have a nice pair of jorts waiting yeah. for you in the closet. I, I am not as confident about that bet as I was before the Hopkins trade. Yeah, that's, that's what stinks. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, when he was starting, and I will let you guys end after this because I know I'm going on a little long, but when uh, Jones was starting, so from I think it was weeks four to 16, he actually was better than Kyler Murray in points per game. He had about one and a half or maybe slightly less than one and a half more fantasy points per game than Kyler Murray and that's been excellent. I'll just drop the mic there. All right. And as (laughs) (laughs) Mike drop. Uh, So 
Thank you so much. Uh, and and, uh, and as you mentioned, we are kind of running a little bit late on time. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, again, our guest was, uh, was Bobby. Bobby, I've been saying your last name is, is Coke. How do, you, how do you say your last name? So my last name is Koch. I tell people to pretend Koch. you're British and say the word catch Koch. and you pretty much have it right. Um, huh. Yeah, Bobby Koch. You can find me at Rick Fantasy on Twitter. I, again, appreciate you guys having me on. You can find my work at Dynasty League Football. And the podcast I host is Superflex with my wonderful co-host, Matt Price, who's at Matt Price FF on Twitter. And thanks again, guys. Really appreciated it. Thank no you so much. Problem. And JJ, I hear that you got invited to the Scott Fishbowl today. Is that correct? I did. I did. I, I woke up this morning. <laughs> yeah. I I uh, flipped up, uh, flipped on my uh, my emails, and, uh, and and there the invitation was. I was so excited. So um, it's it's interesting just just getting the response of being excited about getting this league uh, makes me excited. So I'm I'm pretty thrilled. So I'll I'll, I'll be I'll be playing this year. Congrats, JJ. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, every time I see somebody get invited, especially for the first time. I feel like I'm more excited for them than I am yeah. for myself being in. I was so excited to see that. Yeah. I was talking to Scott about it. I was like, oh my God, that's the dude that <laughs> you don't even know. It's so exciting. I've known him forever. So uh, yeah. Casey, where we'll, can we find you yeah, online? I was about to say, we'll wrap this up. Uh, you can find me online at the Casey Kasem, K-A-C-E-Y-K-A-S-E-M. I also write over at Fighting Chance Fantasy. All those dudes over there are really cool. Check them out. Check out my work. And yeah, that's that is all I can think of right now. <laughs> well, great. And you can find me, JJ. Uh, I'm at Dear Johnny Football on Twitter, D E A R J O N N Y F T B A L L on Twitter. You can also follow us uh, on Twitter at F Fantasy JK. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, this has been Fantasy Football JK Podcast with JJ and Casey. Uh, definitely look for us and rate and subscribe on iTunes or on Podbean. And we will see y'all next week. 